1: Chapter 7. And the
0: high priest said, Are these things so? And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, Go out from your land and from your kindred, and go into the land that I will show you. Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans, and lived in Haran. but I will judge the nation that they serve, said God, and after that they shall come out and worship me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac, and circumcised him on the eighth day, and Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob of the twelve patriarchs. And the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt, but God was with him, and rescued him out of all his afflictions, and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt, and over all his household. Now there came a famine throughout all Egypt and Canaan, and great affliction, and our fathers could find no food. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers on their first visit. And on the second visit Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob his father and all his kindred, seventy-five persons in all. And Jacob went down into Egypt, and he died, he and our fathers, and they were carried back to Shechem, and laid in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. But as the time of the promise drew near, which God had granted to Abraham, and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. When he was forty years old it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man, and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand, but they did not understand. And on the following day he appeared to them as they were quarreling, and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brothers, why do you wrong each other? But the man who was wronging his neighbor thrust him aside, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? At this retort, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Now when forty years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight, and as he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob. And Moses trembled, and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, Did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Rephan, the images that you made to worship, and I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it according to the pattern that he had seen. Our fathers, in turn, brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers. So it was until the days of David, who found favor in the sight of God, and asked to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Fell asleep.
1: Acts chapter 7. In chapter 7, we have Stephen's masterful defense. It begins quietly with what seems to be a review of Jewish history. As it progresses, it concentrates on two individuals, Joseph and Moses, who were raised up by God, rejected by Israel then exalted as deliverers and saviors. Though Stephen does not compare their experiences directly with Christ's, the analogy is unmistakable. Then at length, Stephen launches into a scathing attack on Israel's leaders, charging them with resisting the Holy Spirit, murdering the Righteous One, and failing to keep the law of God. Stephen must have known that his life was at stake. To spare himself, all he had to do was deliver a compromising, placating speech but he would rather die than betray his sacred trust. Admire his courage. 7 verses 1-8 to eight, This first section of the message takes us back to the beginning of the Hebrew nation. It is not exactly clear why Abraham's history is dealt with at such length, unless it is. 1. To show Stephen's familiarity with and love for the nation of Israel. 2. To lead up to the story of Joseph and Moses, both types of the rejection of Christ. 3. To show that Abraham worshipped God acceptably even though his worship was not confined to a specific locality. Stephen had been accused of speaking against the temple, this holy place. The salient points in Abraham's biography are. 1. His call by God in Mesopotamia, verses 2, 3. 2. His journey to Haran, then to Canaan, v. 4. 3. The God's promise of the land to Abraham, though the patriarch himself was not given any of it as was proved by his purchase of the cave of Machpelah as a burial place, verse 5. The fulfillment of that promise is still future, Hebrews 11 verses 13 to 40. 4. God's prediction of Israel's bondage in Egypt and of eventual deliverance, verses 6, 7. Both parts of this prediction were accomplished by men who had been rejected by the nation, Joseph. Verses nine to nineteen, Moses. Verses twenty to thirty-six. The four hundred years mentioned in verse six and in Genesis fifteen, verse thirteen, refer to the time when the Jewish people were afflicted in Egypt. The four hundred and thirty years cited in Exodus twelve, verse forty, and Galatians three, verse seventeen, cover the period from the arrival of Jacob and his family in Egypt to the exodus and the giving of the law. The Israelites were not persecuted during their first thirty years in Egypt. In fact, they were treated quite royally. 5. The covenant of circumcision, verse 8a. 6. The birth of Isaac, then Jacob, then the twelve patriarchs, verse 8b. This, of course, brings the history up to Joseph, one of Jacob's twelve sons. 7 verses 9-19 nine to 19 of all the types of Christ in the O.T., Joseph is one of the clearest and most precious, although he is never specifically stated to be. Surely the Jews of Stephen's day must have felt the sharp arrows of conviction as they heard Stephen review the steps of Joseph's career, then remembered what they had done to Jesus of Nazareth. 1. Joseph sold into Egypt by his brothers, verse 9. 2. The rejected one raised to power and glory in Egypt, verse 10. 3. Joseph's brothers driven to Egypt by famine, but failed to recognize their brother, verses 11, 12. 4 the second time Joseph was made known to them. Then the rejected one became the savior of his family, verses 13, 14. Note, there seems to be a contradiction between the 75 souls given in verse 14 and the 70 mentioned in Genesis 46 verse 27. Stephen followed the Greek translation of Genesis 46 verse 27 and Exodus 1 verse 5, which has 75. The Hebrew text has 70 indicating nothing more serious than a different way of numbering Jacob's family. 5. The death of the patriarchs and their burial in the land of Canaan, verses 15, 16. Another difficulty appears in this verse. Here it says that Abraham bought a burial place from Hammer. Genesis 23, verses 16 and 17 says that Abraham bought the cave of Machpelah in Hebron from the sons of Hate. Jacob bought land in Shechem from the children of hammer genesis thirty three verse nineteen There are several possibilities: one Abraham may have bought land in Shechem as well as in Hebron. later Jacob could have repurchased the plot in Shechem two Stephen could have used Abraham's name for Abraham's descendant Jacob. three Stephen may have condensed the purchases by Abraham and Jacob into one for brevity. 6. The growth of Jacob's family in Egypt and their slavery after Joseph's death, verses 17-19. This, of course, prepares us for the next step in Stephen's argument, the treatment which Moses received at the hands of his people. 7 verses 20-43 Stephen is showing with incisive boldness that the Jewish people were guilty on at least two previous occasions of rejecting saviors whom God had raised up to deliver them. His second proof is Moses. Stephen had been charged with speaking blasphemous words against Moses, 6 verse 11. He proves that the nation of Israel is the guilty party guilty of refusing this man of God's choice. Stephen reviews the life of Moses, as follows. 1. Birth, early life, and education in Egypt, verses 20-22. The phrase, mighty in words, may refer to his writings, since he disclaimed being eloquent, Exodus 4 verse 10. 2. His first rejection by his brethren when he defended one of them against an Egyptian, verses 23-28. Note verse 25. How it reminds us of Christ's rejection by his own. 3. His exile in the land of Midian, verse 29. 4. God's appearance to him in the burning bush, sending him back to Egypt to deliver his people, verses 30-35. 5. He became the Savior of the nation, verse 36. 6. His prophecy concerning the coming Messiah, verse 37. Like me means, as he raised me. 7. His role as lawgiver to the congregation in the wilderness, verse 38. 8. Moses rejected a second time by the people as they worshipped the golden calf, verses 39-41. to 41. The idolatry of Israel is elaborated in verses 42 and 43. While professing to offer sacrifices to the Lord, the people took up the tabernacle of Moloch, one of the most loathsome of all ancient forms of idolatry, and bowed to Remphon, a stellar deity. For this sin God warned that they would be carried off into Babylonian captivity. In verses 42 and 43 Stephen quotes from the Septuagint version of Amos 5 verses 25 to 27. That is why the captivity is said to be beyond Babylon instead of beyond Damascus. Both are, of course, true. History repeats itself. In every generation, we can find the same pattern. People are the same. When confronted with God's message, they do not understand. 25. When urged to live at peace, they refuse to listen. 27. When given a God sent deliverer, they reject him. 39. When rescued from an evil situation, they prefer useless idols to the merciful God. 41 such as human nature, rebellious, ungrateful, foolish. God is the same. The God who spoke to Moses was the same God who had spoken to his ancestors, 32. This God hears when people are troubled, 34. He comes to deliver, 34. He leads his people from death to life, 36. He surrenders to their own desires those who willfully reject him, 42 such as our great God merciful powerful holy he is always the same whatever happens malachi 3 verse 6 for stephen's hearers it was a warning not to trifle with god it is also an assurance that every promise of god stands firm forever 7 verses 44 to 46 stephen had been charged with speaking against the temple he replies by going back to the days when israel had the tabernacle tent of witness in the wilderness It was during this same time that the people were also worshipping the host of heaven. When Joshua led the Israelites into the land of Canaan, and the heathen inhabitants were expelled, the tabernacle was brought into the land and continued until the days of David. The fathers had asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob and had thus found favor before God. 7 verses 47-50 David's desire to build the temple was not granted, but Solomon built him a house. Although the temple was the dwelling place of God among his people, God was not confined to that building. Solomon stated this clearly when the temple was dedicated, 1 Kings 8 verse 27. Also Isaiah had warned the people that buildings are not what really count with God but rather the moral and spiritual condition of men's lives, Isaiah 66 verses 1 and 2. He looks for a broken and contrite heart, for a man who trembles at his word. 7 Verses 51-53 to 53, The Jewish leaders had charged Stephen with speaking against the law. He now answers the accusation with a brief, finely worded denunciation. It was they who were stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. He rebukes them, not as the Israel of God, but as stubborn and uncircumcised Gentiles in heart and ears. They were sons of their fathers in habitually resisting the Holy Spirit. Their fathers had persecuted the prophets who foretold the coming of Christ. Now they had betrayed and murdered this just one. They were the people who had failed to keep the law, the very people to whom it was given by the direction of angels. Nothing more needed to be said. Indeed, nothing more could be said. They had sought to put Stephen on the defensive. But he became the prosecutor and they the guilty defendants. His message was one of God's final words to the Jewish nation before the gospel started moving out to the Gentiles. 7 verses 54 to 60 As soon as Stephen bore public testimony to seeing the heavens opened, the mob refused to listen to him further, they cried fiercely, charged upon him, dragged him outside the city walls and stoned him. As if incidentally, the Spirit records the name of a young man who stood guard over the clothes of the perspiring executioners. The name was Saul. It is as if the Spirit would say to us, Remember that name. You will hear it again. Stephen's death resembled that of our Lord. 1. He prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Verse 59. Jesus had prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke 23 verse 46. 2. He prayed, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Verse 60. Jesus had prayed, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Luke 23:34. Does it not suggest that through occupation with the Lord, Stephen had been transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3:18? Then, having prayed, he fell asleep. When the word sleep is used in connection with death in the NT, it refers to the body, not the soul. The believer's soul goes to be with Christ at the time of death. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8, the body is pictured as sleeping. Ordinarily, the Jews were not allowed to carry out the death penalty, this was reserved for their Roman overlords, John 1831 b But the Romans seem to have made an exception when the temple was threatened. Stephen had been accused of speaking against the temple, and though the charge was unfounded, he was executed by the Jews. The Lord Jesus had been accused of threatening to destroy the temple. Mark 14, verse 58. But the testimony of the witnesses conflicted.
0: Well, this ends another one of our podcasts. And uh, until next time, just remember, God is out here. And you can find out all about him in your Bible. All you have to do is pick it up and read it. I have mine right here. And uh, God is in this Bible. please read it. With that said, bye for now. Till next time.